The Money Show. Shapeshifters. Fundi Tasibana is Deputy Governor at the South African Reserve Bank. So we stand up. She is an economist who's worked for the National Treasury, National Energy Regulator of South Africa, and for the IMF, and most recently as Deputy Governor of the Reserve Bank, appointed in July 2019 at a time when South Africa's economy was in trouble, in decline, but we hadn't yet hit COVID. And then, of course, we did. And Fundi, I've always wondered this. What does a deputy governor of the Reserve Bank do all day? Phew, Bruce, I always wondered the same. I thought it was actually quite easy. But it turns out when you're a central banker, you spend a lot of time in committees. Uh, So lots of decisions in the central bank are are taken in committees. Uh, There's lots of approvals that you have to provide to certain things. But in my portfolio, I spend a lot of time watching what's happening in financial markets and what are the implications for our country, what are the implications for our borrowing activities, and I spend a lot of time worrying about things that, that might go wrong. Okay, so a lot of the time, so, I mean, there are, how many deputy governors are there? Because you've got the governor, who's Lissitja Hanyaho, and then there are several deputy governors. There are three deputy governors. So it's myself responsible for the financial markets and the international cluster. Kuben Naidu, who's responsible for the prudential cluster. So the oversight of the banks and the insurers and also the financial surveillance part of our work. And our colleague Rashad Kassim is responsible for financial stability, the currency cluster, as well as risk management in fact. Okay. So you, the governor, everyone knows. Yeah, of course. But you've got, you've, got, you've got very clear areas then of responsibility. In your day job then, what is your responsibility when it comes to keeping an eye on financial markets? I mean, I do that all day. I feel no pressure. I feel no stress. I feel a bit sad when markets go down a bit. Um, but that's not my responsibility. I don't have uh, an oversight role. What is your role when it comes to keeping an eye? So in financial markets, there are two roles that that we play. So the one is to ensure that the financial markets as we have them, they function properly, which is to ensure that those that are looking for funds in the money market, which is where the banks are lending funding to each other, this is where fund managers go to the banks to look for money, that there is sufficient cash that is flowing in that system. The other area that we do, which is quite abstract, is we make sure that there is depth in our financial markets. So what do we mean by depth? We have to continually do work to ensure that we can link up borrowers and lenders in the broader economy more holistically, by ensuring that there are new products, that there are systems that can facilitate uh, these lending activities, by ensuring that we have stock exchange that function, uh, and that there is a natural buying and and selling activity in in the market. Uh, And and all of these things are quite essential for what we ourselves as, uh, as households do. So when we go to the bank to borrow money, we know that some of those funds come from depositors, but Mm. some of those funds come from other banks. So the banks lend funds to each other. The banks also go to the broader market 
for others who have excess cash to be lending to them. So that's what we do in the in the broader sense around financial markets. And another area perhaps that we don't talk about sufficiently is we manage the country's reserves. So we accumulate reserves uh, as an insurance policy to ensure that we have got the foreign currency available should we be unable to get it elsewhere so that we can pay for the imports. So all of those TVs that we buy, all of the petrol that we need for our cars and all of the liabilities that government has. So we hold that, that those funds as, as insurance as, as the central bank in case they're not available elsewhere. So part of my day job is also to, to manage those funds as well. It would have been then uh, part of your decision, part of your mandate then last year when the extraordinary decisions were taken. I mean, we saw interest rates being cut quickly and sharply in response to the dramatic slowdowns around the world and particularly in the hard lockdown in South Africa where the Monetary Policy Committee of the of the Reserve Bank, of which you are a member, um, cut interest rates. But not only were interest rates cut, there was also a decision taken that the Reserve Bank should be the buyer of last resort of government bonds. And that was a pivotal decision in calming markets last year. And that seems like it would have been in your portfolio. Yes, it certainly was in our in our portfolio, Bruce, and and that was a decision that we had to consider quite carefully because when we started to or when we went out publicly to say we are going to be purchasing government bonds, we had to have a very clear way of communicating the reasons why we were doing it, and what happens as soon as we made the announcement uh, was that there was a broad discussion about whether this was quantitative easing or not. So we had to have absolute clarity about the reasons why we were doing that. And our reason was because there was no other buyer of of government bonds in the market. So we went in as that buyer of last resort. But what we had to do from the day that we made the decision is we had to be certain that we were only in the market when no one else was in the market. That was something that that was quite important to monitor who's in the market buying and selling government bonds. And if there was no sign of stress and if there were uh, other buyers in the market, the Reserve Bank would stay out of, of that market. Um, So big decisions. I mean, these are life and death decisions for an economy. And those are some of the decisions with which uh, Fundi Chazibana has to wrestle on a daily basis with the team of three other, two other deputy governors and, of course, the governor, Lesetja Khanyaho. Fundi is a deputy governor at the Reserve Bank. More with her in a moment. The Money Show. Shapeshifters. Fundi Chazibana is deputy governor at the Reserve Bank. How do monetary policy committee meetings work? How does it work? You go in on a Tuesday morning and nobody leaves the room until you've made a decision on Thursday. Or well, how does it work? Yeah, that's what my husband thinks. At the moment, <laughs> my NPC meetings are happening in just next door to my living room. And the irony of it is he doesn't get to hear anything. And my daughter says, but mommy, what's the point of, of all of this? We get to find out at the same time as everyone else on television. So, yes, so you start on Tuesday, Bruce. You go in and we have a team of super smart people at at the central bank. About 80-odd people come in over that period 
when we're having discussions, we go through a series of presentations. So as much as the MPC appears to be the five members, we do get a lot of the policy advice coming through on what is it that, that we're seeing in the economy, what are the, the projections of the forecast, uh, and then we get to hear what are, are the forecasts based on the quarterly projection model, and, and we like to say that the quarterly projection model votes first. So after we've had that discussion and we've had all of that information, we then break to in-committee conversations of, of the MPC. And, and I would say probably that that is the most interesting part in that we get the same set of information. And based on that information that we get, we also add in our own expert knowledge and we come up with our views on how we see the balance of risks. Uh, and, and those decisions and those views that, that we have around the balance of risks are what drive the, the, the way that uh, we vote or the preferences that we put forward during the, the NPC conversations. And the conversations are quite robust. Uh, I, I have to say, it's been the, the most rewarding experience I've, I've had in, in my policymaking career. And how much pressure is there? I mean, surely, I mean, it, it's kind of obvious what the decision must be. In, in many cases, it's kind of obvious, but you've got to go through three days of incredible data crunching to come up to a decision which, uh, as a layman, you kind of guess, well, it's probably going to be this. And then even then, after all of that information, you know, you get a 3-2 split where two members wanted to cut rates and three wanted to leave rates flat. Um, and it, it's just, it strikes me as, as being quite a time-consuming process. It, it's a lot of pressure, Bruce, on, on a single individual when you think about it for yourself. So I go through uh, a process where I'm not seeing anyone. Uh, in fact, about a week before the NPC we have the block period, the blocked period. So we're not interacting with, with other colleagues, we're not interacting with any market analysts, uh, and we're just focusing on the information that, that is before us. And I think it, it hit me the very first time I had to go into an ABC meeting, that, oh my goodness, it's really happening. And that this decision that uh, we were seven at the time, now there's five of us, that this decision that these five people are making is going to have such a huge impact on the economy and on financial decisions uh, that are being made, not only in South Africa, but actually globally, because we do get a lot of global investors also coming in and purchasing short-term instruments. So the enormity of it is quite large. And, and I think that what what is also useful to reflect on is that sometimes you arrive thinking you know what your decision is going to be but as you receive new information and as you listen to your colleagues uh, it's, it's an iterative process where you can be convinced in either direction because the information is not perfect we get econometric model outcomes but actually that's that's not how perfectly the world works and and the COVID experience has been particularly revealing of this in that when you have an econometric model, you are assuming that the economy works and functions in a certain way. 
Uh, but once you are in the middle of a crisis, some of those assumptions don't hold. So we have a health, a health crisis that has got economic implications. So this is not a traditional financial crisis. So very difficult to model. And in some instances, your data is not perfect. So it, it is quite heavy in, 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 that, uh, in that way, Bruce. Uh, but I, I guess when you have uh, the, the level of, of knowledge that we have within the NPC, which I, I think is, is very good for our country, all of us have had different experiences. So the governor has come in from a financial markets point of view, but he's also been responsible for the fiscal side of things. So he can think in, in that mold. My colleague Rashad Kasim has been involved on the statistical side, on trade. He's run the, the research department of the bank. Kuben Naidu has been involved on the budget side the planning commission and and also when i came in with my experience also at the imf it does bring in uh, a good mix of skills that allow us to, to balance each other out yeah I, I need to wrap up with with the book you're reading at the moment because i'm i'm curious as to what people are thinking and what drives their thinking Tell me you're reading uh-huh. something frivolous. I hope you're reading something frivolous, and that's okay, um, because with your kind of job, <laughs> I can't imagine you're going reading biographies of Alan Greenspan, or maybe you do. Uh, not at the moment, Bruce. So I, I have to make a confession. So at the moment, I'm not reading books. I'm listening to audiobooks. That's where I ah. am, because I've been reading so much. So I'm listening to audiobooks. So two at the moment. So one is uh, Cosmos by Carl Sagan. So it's mm-hmm. good Old to, school. to yeah. listen to, to, to Seth McPherson sort of narrating. So that calms me down and, and to think about more than myself. Uh, and I'm also listening to the Kid Normal series with my kids. Which, the which Kid is Normal series, lovely. Yeah, I, I like that. I like the balance there. But if, if listening to Carl Sagan talking about the cosmos and realizing just how insignificant we all are as little specks of carbon in a broad universe, and I mean, it's just, if, if that calms you down, you're tougher than most. Um, what is the most interesting thing you've learned, the most useful thing if you've learned in the past year? It could be a new kind of corkscrew. It could be absolutely anything. Sure. So the most interesting thing, I've learned a lot about central banking over the past year. And I know that that's very boring, but (laughs) it's it's been quite, quite revealing. So over the past year, I've learned a lot about the central bank's balance sheet, what it looks like, what it can, what it can't do. I've learned a lot about national payment systems, because much as we didn't talk about it, But when this crisis set in and it it suddenly hit us that we're going to have a lockdown, we had to think about how are we going to make sure that we can still pay for everything, whether we're going to have our backup staff available and whether our disaster recovery sites were going to be functioning properly. So all of these behind the scenes things that get done at central banks, making sure that there was going to be a sufficient supply of banknotes so that when you went to the bank, you could (laughs) get the money. So these were the interesting experiences of 2020. In addition to homeschooling. And look, homeschooling. 
homeschooling is one of the, the great discoveries of 2020. We don't need to repeat. Uh, Fundi Chazibanda, thank you so much for coming through for us this evening. Deputy Governor at the Reserve Bank. Fascinating insights into the world of the Reserve Bank. But yeah, what is she reading? Nothing. Listening, however, uh, to two uh, audiobooks, Kid Normal with her kids, lovely, and Cosmos by Carl Sagan. Lovely. Thank you very much to Fundi Chazibana this evening.